People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. Honestly, let's cut the bullshit. I gotta just tell you guys right off the bat. I have factually not thought about anything for the last 48 hours other than Sophia Ritchie's wedding. The only way I can describe the way that I feel about this wedding is like, you know when you're scrolling on TikTok and you hit a manifestation TikTok and you it's like stay for 40 seconds, close your eyes and envision your dream life and like if you claim the sound, it will all come true. I swear to God, I will stop at every single manifestation TikTok that comes on my For You page and I will sit there and in my head envision every detail of Sophia Richie's <laughs> wedding. No, I get it. This is the kind of thing that makes you spiritual. It's like you see Chanel looks one, two, three, and all of a sudden you're believing in something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I will start praying. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, let me just say before we even begin, we will put a lot of links in the description because it is so important that you have a visual while we're talking about this. I have to imagine a lot of you have already consumed this content at length, but if for some reason you haven't, just give yourself a moment, really take it in and then come back because I would say out of any podcast, this one really requires a visual guide. A million percent. I also have to say before we get into this, like it is my dream to be able to talk about every single detail of this wedding from like the most intellectual place possible. I just, I have to warn that like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how to react to this wedding with anything other than like, holy shit. Oh my God. I I know. I'm so glad you said that. It's a really important kind of caveat and I'm very much on your page. Obviously I want to dissect every single detail and we will, but like, We can't help the natural enthusiasm that's going to come out because you see those photos and it's just like, holy shit, I think this is the most gorgeous person I have ever seen in my life. I feel like typically when a really big celeb story happens or a celeb story that like consumes us, when we spend the 48 hours prior to the podcast talking about it, we always say to each other like, wow, I wish we could have just had a microphone for our walks and for like sitting down on the couch and just discussing every aspect of it and then put that out as the podcast. This is one of the first situations where I can honestly say we could have never done that because neither of us have said any words other than (laughs) holy shit about this. (laughs) I know that's why I'm honestly a little bit nervous for this, but you know what? Let's go through the details we have and Maybe something will come from our conversation that we didn't even know was possible. Let's hope so. 
Okay, so Sophia Ritchie, now Sophia Ritchie Grange, married Elliot Grange this weekend. Just a little background for a second. They have been dating since January 2021. They've been Instagram official since March 2021, and they were engaged in April 2022. Elliot is the founder and CEO of 10K Projects, but he is also the son of Lucian Grange, who is the chairman and CEO of Universal Music Group. Universal is the biggest music company in the world. So think Sony Music, Warner Music Group, Universal is right up there. Some of their labels include Republic Records, Def Jam, Capital Music Group, Island Records, Motown Records. Like we are talking a lot of success, a lot of connection, a lot of money on both sides. So this really had the making to be one of the most luxurious weddings and it delivered in such a perfect way. So the actual wedding was this Saturday, April 22nd in the south of France at Hotel Du Cap Eden Rock, which even if you are unfamiliar with that hotel, I think just the sound of it really communicates kind of the prestige. She had three custom Chanel looks. As I said, the rehearsal dinner was this gorgeous high-necked long-sleeve beaded dress. The ceremony was this crisscross neck inspired by a look from Chanel's fall 2023 collection. And for the reception slash after party, it was this short structured dress with the iconic Chanel Camellia flower front and center. I mean, absolutely took my breath away. As a side, Vogue uploaded an eight minute video where she's going through kind of doing her final walkthrough of all the fittings. We'll put the link and highly recommend watching because you got a little bit more insight into why they chose the looks they chose. But I think my biggest takeaway is for being as extravagant and luxurious as the entire event was, it also had this real understated elegance to it that I think sometimes it's so easy to miss the mark. I also realize we're watching this having just recapped Kim and Chris Humphrey's wedding from 2011, which I would say was the exact polar opposite. But any negative thought we had on those aesthetic choices, it was the polar opposite here. This was an event that just oozed class. And I, you know, there's a whole discussion I've actually seen on Twitter about classifying this as like, quote, stealth wealth. And I think that people, listen, it's hard to call something stealth wealth when it is at one of the top destinations in the world in the south of France. But for you and I, having, like you said, just recapped Kim and Chris's fairy tale wedding, you can see what people mean when they say those differences. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm sure the thing was an absolute fortune and it's not that you didn't feel that. It just didn't feel, at least from the content that we saw, as though things were there just for the purpose of making it look more expensive. And I think that that's kind of an important distinction once you get into this level of weddings. But in terms of some guests, obviously, Nicole Ritchie and her husband, Joel Madden, Cameron Diaz and her husband, Benji Madden, Paris Hilton, her husband, Carter. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really see that many celebrities, at least in the content that we saw. Those were the big names that jumped out to me. I think those were really the only big ones there, and that's family. I mean, I definitely going into the wedding content thought there was going to be a lot more stars than were there. Because keeping in mind also, this isn't just Lionel Richie's daughter. This is Lucian Grange's son. And so those are two music powerhouses. And so the potential for what the guest list of this wedding could have looked like is astronomical. Instead, you could tell that this was a very, very intimate event kept for just close friends and close family. And 
whoever was there was there for a reason. I mean, if we are talking guest lists, we would be absolutely remiss to not mention this very important detail, which I pray to God as I say this, other people have seen the video and had the reaction we did. We posted it on the comment story because it just took us out that much. But one of the guests in attendance was Jake Shane, most commonly known by his TikTok username of OctopusLover8. For anyone who has not seen his content, the next 30 seconds are going to make no sense to you, but I promise I'll put a link in the description. But part of his shtick is this whole thing where he says, hi, pussies, and everyone responds, hi, Jake. Anyway, he did one of these videos at Sophia Richie's rehearsal dinner, <laughs> meaning Lionel Richie was sitting there like, hi, Jake, tense up. <laughs> it's like, I know it's kind of niche, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, this sounds crazy, but... If you do, this is hitting so fucking hard. The nicheness of it is what makes it so perfect. Like that is the exact amount of niche that you and I are always talking about and craving. The way that Octopus Lover 8 has entered our lives in such a major way is like, I could write a thesis on it. Like the thought of Lionel Richie, the thought of Cameron Diaz, the thought of Paris Hilton all going tense up and then watching Jake Shane do one of his octopus reviews is like, it's, it's too much for my internet-obsessed brain to even comprehend. Let me do you one better. Forget Lionel. Forget Cameron Diaz. I need you to picture Benji Madden front row seat to this octopus review. But this is what I'm saying. Like, okay. I think that it was a while ago that we all collectively had this realization of like, wait a second. Why don't we ever talk about the fact that Nicole Richie and Cameron Diaz are sister-in-laws? It's like they both married... Joel and Benji Madden. And then on top of that, we have, oh, and also Nicole Richie's sister is Sophia Richie. Now we have this whole grouping of like the most random players in Hollywood, I feel like, like all people that shouldn't exist in the same universe, right? Like Benji and Joel Madden should not exist in the same universe as Lionel Richie. Sophia Richie should not exist in the same universe as Cameron Diaz. And yet here they all are in the South of France at Sophia Richie's wedding with none other than Octopus Lover 8. Oh my God, that's my fucking marvel. By the way, we have not seen Cameron Diaz <laughs> what feels like in years. I mean, I know we've seen her a little bit here and there, but she has really taken a step back and publicly. I mean, she's kind of said that. And so it just felt very fitting that one of her more public appearances or one of, I should say, her more publicized appearances was in the South of France at Sophia Richie's wedding. I'll never get over this whole thing. Like, I will never get over every single element of this wedding. I will never, you know what I love too? This was a situation where everybody was talking about it. It's not like one of those celebrity events or those celebrity weddings where, like, you kind of are just picking up on the details of the beauty and you're seeing pictures posted on Instagram and kind of fawning over them. No, this was a situation where every single person across the board had the exact same reaction that we did. Like our freaking out, our inability to put into words what this wedding made us feel is not in the slightest bit unique to us. Mm -hmm. No, it is not, which is the best feeling. She had a slick back bun and a vision and she delivered on that vision in a way that I don't even think she thought she could have. I mean, the other thing, by the way, as a side, is throughout the week, she's posting these kind of get ready with me's on her TikTok, which I know she has a role in nude sticks and some of that I'm sure was a little bit involved because she was using some nude sticks products in the videos. I get it. I'm, I'm not above it. No judgment there. But what I think I was really taken aback by was the entire tone of the videos and that this is like the days leading up to her wedding. And there was just this overwhelming 
calmness about her. And I know the easy response to that is like, well, yeah, she had everything taken care of. She had the wedding of her dreams. It doesn't matter. No matter who you are, I think there's a general level of kind of like nerves and anxiety that you maybe give off. And not to say she didn't have it, but the way in which she presented herself in these videos, cool as a fucking cucumber, throwing a little Chanel highlighter on her cheekbones just to reflect the light was like, that was honestly the most inspirational part of the entire thing for me. Like I was just thinking to myself, this is the level of present that I want to be in the days leading up to my wedding. She really gave off that aura. She was so present and so calm. But the other thing is, is that she really seemed like every step of the way she was enjoying it, like really taking it in, but having so much fun. Like, you know, from the content leading up to the wedding, I think that you would have thought maybe it was a vacation thrown for her, or maybe some sort of a bachelorette. Like the energy around the days leading up to the wedding did not feel like wedding leading up days. It felt like relaxing. Everybody's here for a good time. Everybody's acknowledging this insane, gorgeous location that we are in. And we're just going to relax and have fun and take it all in. And like, I felt that from watching it from my screen. You know, the other thing is TikTok is really wild because the intimacy that I felt from being able to be with Sophia Richie in her Eden Rock bathrobe with the clips in her hair while she was getting ready moments before leaving that hotel room to walk down to her rehearsal dinner is unmatched. You know, like if you just think about it from that lens for a second, it's really wild because obviously we're so fixated on the details and just the magic of this wedding. But imagine if back in 2011, hypothetically, not that she would have ever done this at the time, Kim could have done a get ready with me on TikTok while getting ready for her wedding to Chris Humphreys. Like we would have felt that that was peak intimacy. I can't even think about that. Like it's just, I don't know. There's this just took me out. Like it, I, I really go back to what you said earlier of like, I, I still want to discuss this intelligently. And I'm really seeing that that's impossible to do because of how much my breath was just taken away. The other thing is like, I'm really cautious of the way that I, could potentially sound talking about this wedding. Like I need everybody to understand that the way that I've spoken about it th thus far on this podcast is like a toned down version. Like I, I am prepared to make this wedding and Sophia Richie my whole personality. Oh, forget about it. Listen, the best thing that ever happened to moms worldwide for the mission of them wanting their daughters to put their hair up to get it off their face is Sophia Richie. So I felt like I heard my mom from heaven being like, this is the exact type of shit I want to see from you. Whereas normally I would think a big bouncy blowout is what I want, but I saw that hair pulled back and I don't know. Although I guess that's how people get bangs and then regret it. Right? No, it's not the same thing. Every time I see you with your hair up, I hear your mom say, good, tell her she looks good with her hair pulled back. Like, <laughs> I, I feel it. I don't I don't know why moms are so obsessed with it, but they are. And Sophia really did something that either helped the cause or hurt it in unimaginable ways because you either put your hair up and say, I am channeling my inner Sophia Richie today, or you put your hair up and depending on how you're feeling that day when you're looking in the mirror, you go... I am not Sophia Richie, and you put your hair right back down. <laughs> oh, what you just said really fucking hits. I do also just want to mention, even though I swear to you, this was not hyper-present in my mind at all when I was doing this context. I was really <laughs> trying to be as present as her, just focused on the wedding. However, viewing all this wedding content, also given the fact that we know she converted to Judaism prior to marrying Elliot, of course, for a second, you think about Scott and the fact that her and Scott Disick dated from May 17th to May 2020. Who knows exactly what went on within that timeline? But this was a very serious relationship. They were fully living together at one point. And, you know, 
just, I say this as someone who loves Scott, thank God that this is the path that she chose because this is so clearly exactly where she is meant to be. You know, I have to say, obviously the pain associated with with losing a woman for Scott is so associated with Courtney. I mean, there's nothing that compares to that, I have to assume and imagine. But I think if you're Scott Disick and you look at these pictures of Sophia Richie, it's just, it's not the best day to be Scott Disick. No, it's it's a close second to the Courtney Travis situation for sure. And I, again, who knows? I mean, we are fully putting words in his mouth. I think we're obviously like potentially projecting a little bit because me as a fully straight woman who's never dated Sophia Richie also felt a little bit of a dagger. So I can imagine as one of her exes how that might feel. I mean, we haven't even talked about Matthew Morton, the Chacha Matcha CEO. When I think about Sophia Richie's dating history, it's like Justin Bieber, Scott Disick, a six foot tall Jew. I'm like, that is so me coded. <laughs> no, it really is true. That's why I think we may have said this at the beginning. Like when they say it's hard to see other people living out your dreams, this is what they meant. I actually potentially may have to retire that phrase because not only have I overused it in the past, I, I don't know if I'll ever see somebody living out my dreams quite to this extent. You know how you always say like jealousy is not an emotion that you feel or like to feel? This is one where it's like, you know what? I'm just I'm just letting it take over. Like I'm not fighting this. And that's okay. You know, leaning into that sometimes I think is healthy. The issue, or not the issue, but like <laughs> I was about to say something and I was realizing as I was about to say it, how delusional it sounds. I'm going to say it anyway, but I recognize we've never met these people. But my response to you was going to be, you know, the one thing we can take comfort in is that couldn't happen to a better person. <laughs> Meanwhile, never met her in my life, but she just feels that way. Like, yeah, I, is she a Nepo baby? Totally. But so what? She seems so is he. to be- a, yeah, yeah, so is he. And she seems to just be kind and treating people wonderfully and god damn did she have a vision and deliver on that vision and mazel tov to the happy couple because even just as a consumer of the content what a joy this was to witness couldn't have said it better myself so mother's day is coming up and i know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the season changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And 
I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So a lot less to talk about from the celebrity lens when covering Coachella weekend too. But the one thing we absolutely have to mention is Zendaya making a surprise appearance, joining Labyrinth on stage to perform I'm Tired and All for Us. Labyrinth is the lead composer for Euphoria. And this surprise appearance marked Zendaya's first live music performance since 2015. This is just like wild. I cannot imagine being in the crowd for this. I cannot even imagine what that's like. Like POV, you show up to Coachella and all of a sudden Zendaya's on stage. That has to be the last thing you were ever expecting. I honestly think this was kind of shocking to her. Like obviously she knew that it was coming. She knew that she was going to do it. But even you could tell based on the stories that she was posting after the fact, I think she kind of had this moment where she just decided, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And even she surprised herself for actually doing it. Yeah, that was the vibe that I got too. You know, this is such a perfect example of a concept that we talk about all of the time, which is just celebrities, no matter how big they are, and Zendaya is one of the biggest there is, just kind of saying fuck it sometimes and doing the thing that nobody expects them to do and having the best possible outcome of doing that. Like, not only did she say fuck it and make the night of so many fans that couldn't believe that she was there, but also she got to have more fun than you could ever probably imagine doing that. I mean, like, there's no part of her that takes the role of Rue on Euphoria and expects that as a result of that, Coachella will be in play. And she just kind of said fuck it and went for it. And I think that I love, love, love the energy of celebrities who can just go out and have so much fun. <laughs> we saw the funniest tweet from at Taylor Grayson that said, Zendaya just performing at Coachella like she doesn't owe Lori 10 grand. <laughs> no, the way that Lori's 10 grand has entered our lives, like Lori probably forgot about that 10 grand and we're the ones that keep reminding her. Like Rue's <laughs> life is on the line because of us. I know. It just also got me so excited for Euphoria, which I know it feels like we've been waiting for forever. And there is still more waiting to be had, but this really bridged the gap in, in a way that like, I was surprised even how excited I was just when I saw that pop up. I, I mean, there's just something about Zendaya. You're never going to see Zendaya pop up somewhere and not have that immediate reaction of overwhelmingly excited. Like the reaction we all have to seeing Zendaya on a red carpet as if it is her first time doing it every single time she does it is such an unmatched cultural phenomenon. Yeah. It's like the amnesia effect. Honestly, when you yes. are that, right. That, that is, I, I swear to God, I just came up with that. Is that a thing that exists? I don't know, but I knew exactly what you were talking about because like, I yeah. feel that way about Kim too. Well, 
Yeah. It's true though. It's like, why do we feel as though every single one of Zendaya's red carpets is her first? Like we're surprised. Like we don't know that her and Love Roach are going to absolutely fuck it up. Yet somehow she comes out and it's like news that she looks so incredible. I know. I'm trying to think if there's another thing to compare that to. Like, because it's not the same effect as seeing Rihanna in a paparazzi shot or seeing Rihanna perform because we're a little bit deprived of those. Like, this is something that we get on. <laughs> that's a regular diet for us. And yet we act like, you know what? You know, The only thing that I can compare Zendaya to is like having a scoop of ice cream before bed, but doing it every single night where it's like, no matter how many times you have gone into the ice cream in your freezer and taken a bite of it before you go to bed, it hits just this hard every time. You're like, wow, I'm the luckiest person in the entire world that I can just walk into my freezer and have a little bit of ice cream right now. That's how I feel from Zendaya's looks. It's like, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I can just look at my phone right now and see one of your red carpet looks. Yes. Yes. But by the way, I am not going to limit that to just before bed. Like I feel that way every single time I enter a self-serve Froyo place and I'm like, I can just pull this lever and taste the best thing I've ever had. Like, I ha- yes, that is the amnesia effect that is <laughs> determined because of Zendaya, but also applies to a lot of other magnificent things in this world. I love it. Can't live without it. Also, just an update, Frank Oceanwise, since obviously we talked about that last week. So he dropped out for weekend two. Blink-182 took over as the headliner. A statement from Frank's rep said, After suffering an injury to his leg on festival grounds in the week leading up to weekend one, Frank Ocean was unable to perform the intended show, but was still intent on performing. And in 72 hours, the show was reworked out of necessity. On doctor's advice, Ocean is not able to perform weekend two due to fractures and a sprain in his left leg. And then this statement concluded with a statement from Frank Ocean himself saying, it was chaotic. There is some beauty in chaos. It isn't what I intended to show, but I did enjoy being out there and I'll see you soon. Which I feel like that statement is kind of exactly what you would expect. Specifically, the it was chaotic. There's some beauty in chaos. Yeah, it felt very on brand. I don't think anybody was surprised by this. I felt like after last weekend's Coachella, we were all kind of expecting that either Frank Ocean himself would have pulled out of the weekend or maybe Coachella would have made the decision to part ways. Thank God for Blink-182 though, huh? Oh, you know what? Blink-182 is really doing something these days. No. I actually think every time I hear Blink-182, I forget... I forget what it is like to be at a frat and hear Blink-182 come on. All the small things is some of the best background music to making some of the most potentially regrettable decisions of your life. No, that has to be the tagline of not just that song, but Blink-182 and like college in general. Like, mm-hmm. M, <laughs> that fucking hit. Too, a little bit too hard. <laughs> Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief 
from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. In one minute, we're going to get into what Emrata said in Spanish Vogue regarding the photos of her and Harry Styles' makeout. But I just got to mention this. I know it's not a story. It is literally just one singular paparazzi photo. But the paparazzi photo from this last week of Taylor Swift, the Hyam sisters, Gigi Hadid, and Blake Lively all walking together in the city is like one of the most iconic paparazzi photos ever. Like I just cannot get over POV. You are a person casually on the street and fucking Blake Lively, Taylor Swift, Gigi Hadid, and the Hyam sisters walk past you in a row. Like as if they're just a group of girls Thursday afternoon in the city. I I can't get over that. Pop culture operates at its highest possible function when Taylor Swift has a girl group. And that is what that picture fully represented. That's why it was so iconic. It really was. And obviously we have the context of this is post-breakup and it just felt like these paparazzi photos were the perfect pop culture artifact to kind of memorialize this entrance into the single era. I just, I know it's just one photo. There's not that much to say, but wow, that was a moment. Anyway, getting into what Emrata said in Spanish Vogue. So this is about the Harry Styles makeout. She says, quote, It's very bizarre to have certain experiences and then have the whole world know and comment on them. I'm just a person who's gone from a three-year relationship to a four-year one. So this is the first time in a long time I've been in a dating stage. The interest there is in that particular area is very strange. Not that I'm surprised, but it's a tiny slice of my life. She then said, I didn't expect this to happen. I think in general, there's a reason certain celebrities live in LA, hire security, don't go to public restaurants. So the idea of giving up my freedom for the sake of privacy is something I haven't considered yet. And then, you know, obviously there's been this whole conversation about a potential feud between her and Olivia Wilde after the photos of her and Harry went viral. And there was speculation about a friendship, a potential threesome that happened back in July, whatever. Anyway, she was kind of comparing the noise around this to everything that happened with the Adam Levine shooting scandal. She said, quote, these approaches occur over and over again. I did a TikTok talking about it when the Adam Levine case came to light. All my algorithm on the social network showed content focus on slut-shaming a 23-year-old girl. I was frustrated with the way in which an attack narrative was being established on this girl instead of asking what happens to the person who is in a relationship and as such has contracted obligations. In the case of this, meaning her photos with Harry, it's more of the same. I feel bad for Olivia because she has had to suffer this situation on several occasions. Which did feel kind of vague, just in that she wasn't alluding to, you know, a potential relationship with her and Olivia currently. I understood the message that she was trying to get across, of course, um, but you know, 
the vagueness with which these things were discussed, of course, raises a million questions for me. One thing the media is going to do, and I I can't necessarily say I blame them for this in this incident because it was almost like it was handed to them on a silver platter by saying, like, I feel bad for Olivia. But the headline of Emrata says, I feel bad for Olivia. It's so unbelievably taken out of context when it comes to this story because what she's saying is she feels bad for Olivia that there is any amount of blame that is put on her for either the way that the situation ended up with Harry her marriage with Jason, any of the above. Emrata's involvement in it even. It, it, the fact that it goes back to Olivia, she feels bad about. But obviously, if you're seeing the headline, especially following speculation that Emrata apologized to Olivia or was, quote, begging her for forgiveness, as we've seen, and you see headline, Emrata says, quote, I feel bad for Olivia. Oh my God, are you going to take that and run with it? You're getting completely the wrong message. Yeah, I mean, there was pretty much no world in which pieces of this weren't going to be taken out of context and then used to create an entirely different message from what she was saying. I will say, though, going back to the part where she's talking about the photos of Harry and she's like, the interest is there in that particular area. It's very strange. Not that I'm surprised, but it's a tiny slice of my life, which like if I'm her, I get is frustrating. Here I've built this entire career and the focus repeatedly seems to be on the various relationships that I'm in or just potential dates I may be going on. That being said, I don't care who you are. You're making out on the street with Harry Styles. Everyone is going to care. Like I I mean that in the least trying to discredit the successes you've had in other aspects of your career way. I care just as much from Harry's perspective as well. And he's on stage at MSG every day. You know what I mean? Like it's just something that if you care about this stuff, you're going to care about. The Harry Styles make out is an example of like you have to pretty much be living completely under a rock to not have some slight interest in this one. Yeah, you got to care a little bit. By the way, it's also because of how private Harry is. You know, like she, and I do hear what she's saying in that living in New York, obviously it's a completely different relationship with fame and with publicity and the way in which you go about your dating life is very different in New York than it is in LA. And of course you, there are different lengths you would take for privacy if you so wanted that. I, I get all that. At the end of the day, you are against the minivan in Tokyo making out with Harry Styles. People are going to care. It's just, they're just gonna. When you date Pete Davidson, who <laughs> whose dating history has also become one of the most spoken about things in pop culture, people are going to care. Sometimes people just care and you can't control what they care about. And also there are times where people are not going to care and maybe you'd wish they would care a little bit more. I just think that when you're a celebrity, no matter who you are, when it comes to your dating life, I don't think that any sort of public reaction is going to be exactly what you want. I think you're always going to either feel like the public is too involved. You're going to feel like your relationship is too on display, too judged, too adored, too obsessed with like, I, it, it's a it's a balance that I don't know if any celebrity relationship has ever fully found. No, I agree with you. I think it's a really hard balance to achieve. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. 
And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. A celebrity relationship that I have an overwhelming amount of interest in and will continue to no matter what. Chris Appleton and Lucas Gage. As you guys know, we reported a little while back that they had been dating. They were reportedly engaged. This week, we find out they are now reportedly married in a ceremony that took place in Las Vegas with none other than six guests, one of them being Kim Kardashian in attendance. I would also like to say that when this news initially broke about them dating, I vividly remember coming on this podcast and being like, I'm telling you guys, we're a few weeks out from Lucas Gage in the back of Kim Sinsa's story. And what did we get this week? Lucas Gage in Kim's Insta story at the Usher show in Vegas. Not just in the back. I mean, front and fucking center. Like when you said it, like we are a couple months away from seeing Lucas Gage in the background of Kim's Insta story. I knew you were hundred percent correct. Like there's no part of me that felt like we needed to hypothesize on that or discuss the scenario in which that would happen. Cause we knew it was going to no matter what. And it was only a matter of time. This is one where not only did the first time we get the Kim and Lucas Gage interaction be them having the time of their lives at the Usher concert, we then find out that they potentially got married that night after the Usher concert with Kim in attendance. Like, that's best case scenario. No, I need you to tell season one White Lotus Lucas Gage that this was about to happen. That that entire thing feels like a fever dream. The same night that Kim is taking you to the Usher concert, she's also one of your six wedding guests in attendance at a Las Vegas wedding chapel. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I know we don't have 100% confirmation of 
that event happening, but it just feels like it is so clear. It's I think the reaction that I'm having is like, it is so clear that this Chris Appleton, Lucas Gage relationship was going on for so much longer than we ever knew. And what we're experiencing is now like this massive influx of information. Meanwhile, for them, they had probably been dating for a while before that. You know, it all feels so new and so exciting to us, not to say it's not exciting to them, but like, I almost feel like they are probably laughing at the public reaction of just overwhelming shock because the honeymoon stage has probably worn off for them. You know what I mean? I got to be honest with you, Em. I, I think that this has been going on a little bit longer than we as the public saw or realized maybe. But I don't think it's been going on that much longer that they're potentially laughing at our reaction. Like I think that maybe it isn't as whirlwind as it seems, but it's damn close to being, if, if you were to ask me honestly. I don't know. I mean, I guess my reaction would then be, what's the rush? You know, like, it seems like you got nothing but time. I, I don't know. That's, that's I guess, why I have this feeling of like, maybe it's been going on for a lot longer than we think, just because to me, you know, why not stay in, in the dating stage? You're, both of you are pretty much on top of the world, specifically if you're Chris, you literally have access to every single thing you could ever want. But I don't know. I mean, I guess that that maybe that that's the exact reason why this would be so appealing, you know, to kind of nail down when you feel like you found the real thing. I don't know. I'm I'm really just talking out loud. I don't know because I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship. I obviously only know what we have seen, but the vibe that I get in terms of the quickness from Instagram official to confirming the relationship to talking about it on talk shows to then engagement to then potential eloping in Vegas all feels very, very quick. It doesn't feel like the type of timeline where there was months and months, if not a year going on before we were privy. It seems like maybe a couple of months going on before we were privy to what was happening. Confirming though, this is, you are speculating, right? Like you don't have, yeah, you're not I, I mean, I don't information have any- that I, No, I'm just making sure you're operating, you're not operating with information that I don't have yet, right? I am. <laughs> First of all, like- <laughs> Well, you just you just sound so sure. I I just but I just feel like that's how it's playing out. Like I feel like I, I to me that feels so obvious. I need you to understand like there's not one ounce of information that I, I would have in any area of my life that you wouldn't also have. Well, I know I was just I was just sitting here like wow she is really talking like she knows something that I don't know. I listen. Generally speaking, I agree with you that it does feel very whirlwind. I'm not saying it doesn't. I think. this is another instance of the delusion coming out, but like, I guess from what we know of Chris Appleton, I view him to be this like very measured, rational guy that the intensity with which this all happens, if we're going with the story that it's like this whole whirlwind thing of, you know, dating, engagement, wedding in Vegas, like it doesn't feel like it aligns with his personality. But then again, I don't fucking know his personality. That's just where I'm coming at it from, if you were curious. So what I would say to that, if I had to guess, again, operating with 100%, as per usual, as with everything, the exact same information that you have, <laughs> I I would say that probably it was a scenario for both of them where they had gone their lives without it ever really feeling right with anybody else or you know, it was able to be so calculated and so measured out with every other area of their lives. Uh, because it never needed to be anything else. And then they found this and it just all clicked. Like they felt so fucking sure in what they found that there was no reason to delay the inevitable. That's the way that I kind of view it. 
listen, I would love that version of the story to be correct. And the more that you say it, the more I could see myself sticking to it. I do kind of like that. I, I guess I just don't know. It's a question I would really love to ask him. But yeah, I mean, this relationship has certainly progressed from what we're hearing. They are married. Again, it could have been a Courtney and Travis situation where there wasn't an actual you know, marriage license that was taken out. But I mean, definitely a relationship progression that I love to watch. Can I tell you what this episode just got me so excited for? Mm-hmm. Between a Zendaya appearance, a Taylor Swift girl group photo, Coachella, which subset of Coachella would be Kendall, Bad Bunny, and potentially Kylie and Timmy, Sophia Richie, all of that. I am so fucking excited to come on here next week and talk about the Met Gala. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliayi was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We are so close, you guys. We are so close to Met Gala Monday, which of course means Met Gala Podcast Tuesday. I, I can't wait for it. You think, okay, let's just honest conversation. Pretend no one is hearing this so there's no worry about if you're going to be right. Is there any world in which Kylie and Timothy are on the red carpet together? No. However. We'll get a photo of something. Something somewhere, but not walking red carpet, right? I don't think I I would be absolutely everything that I know to be true about like the way that Kylie, Timmy, the red carpet, Met Gala, pop culture operates. Like if they specifically made an appearance this early into like their quote relationship that they haven't confirmed yet, I would be floored beyond belief. What I do think we could potentially get is either a photo that snuck of them inside talking where it's like still a thing where you can't confirm anything. Like they could just be having a conversation or very Channing Tatum, Zoe Kravitz, them leaving the Met Gala together. Oh, oh, you want to know what I was envisioning? 
I guess this is kind of unrelated because Kylie isn't even in the shot that I'm envisioning, but a photo of Chris standing at the top and then Timothy talking to her on his way in. Like the Chris Jenner, Timothy Chalamet, top of the Met Gala stairs interaction. That is what I am gunning for. You know why you're thinking that? Because that famous Timothy and Kiki Palmer interview where he says to her, like, how's your mom doing? Tell her I say hi. And we came on here and I said to you, Em, mark my words, the sluttiest thing a man can do is say to you to say hi to your mom for him. Like there is nothing that competes with that. And so to then translate that into Timothy physically at the top of the Met Gala stairs talking to Kylie's mom is like, in my wildest dreams of vision, I couldn't have come up with. Oh my God. I'm so excited for it. That's some content we could be getting. That is some content we could be getting. I also just want to mention, I don't know, I feel like people are really not fans of James Corden. I don't feel that way. Like I, he's never done anything to bother me. But even if you are not a James Corden fan, his final ever carpool karaoke with Adele is an excellent watch. We just watched it this morning. If you're an Adele fan, at least definitely watch it. When we were watching it together, I said to you, I was like, I did not expect carpool karaoke, which has admittedly given me some of the best times of my life to make me feel this emotional. I didn't realize how close Adele and James Corden were. They have such a beautiful relationship. No, they're like really, really close. I mean, obviously, you know, he is moving back to London and you could see, I think she's totally real. And when she says the idea of going to LA and knowing that him and his family isn't going to be there is very unsettling to her. You know, I think that they are really something that has made LA feel safer and and more like home. So it, it's just, it's definitely worth a watch. I highly recommend. It reminds you, not that you ever forgot, but it just reminds you of the power of Adele. And uh, it was a very enjoyable 20 minutes in addition to the eight minute Sophia Richie Vogue video. We'll put a bunch of links in the description. And is there anything else you'd like to mention? I think that's it. I think so too. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. We'll be back later this week for Kardashians and Bravo. And then we will see you next Tuesday for our post episode. We love you guys.